1: It's a glorious Monday. Welcome in, everybody. Hour number two of The Great Scott Show, The Great Sports Callers, Open Think Tank. I'm Scott Prather. Phone lines open for you all hour. 269-1077, 269-1077. What a weekend it was. From high school football in the rain and lightning delays Friday night to a emotional uh, very exciting, Raging Cajun victory in Birmingham Friday to a slate of college football Saturday. Penn State getting bounced by Indiana. LSU starting a true freshman, but finally playing at times some defense and getting the victory, dominant victory over South Carolina. But Saturday night, I I know that the Dodgers won last night's game of the World Series. And now they're up three games to two. But they didn't win the World Series last night because Saturday night, when it came down to the final strike, they couldn't get out a guy who had never gotten a hit in the postseason, was batting less than 200, and was not on the ALCS roster but brought up to the World Series roster for the Rays because of his defense and energy. I'm talking about Brett Phillips. And when he faced a 1-2 pitch, in the bottom of the ninth of a World Series game with his team trailing eight to seven. Joe Buck with the call. Jansen.
0: That is into center field. Here comes Kiermaier. Phillips has tied the game. A roll a re-
1: One of the most entertaining World Series games, postseason games, baseball games that I can remember watching. And the fit like the finish was I don't want to say the cherry on the top. I mean, that might as well have been like 20 cherries on top. That was a cherry. That was the 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 chocolate icing. That was the nuts. That was the sprinkles. That was every kind of topping you could put on it, man. That was. That was just quite an ending, but my goodness! And how about the call from Joe Buck? I know y'all like to hate, but that dude didn't stumble once. There was a lot happening there. Rays win it eight to seven. I mean, when you when you end a, a World Series game on a a walk off RBI single, e eight, where the guy that's going home stumbles and then. Was not going to score and was going to get picked off, but then the throw gets away, and then he ends up just sliding in, scoring. I mean, it's just it's great stuff. High entertainment value if you stayed up for that one. And I get it. Look, the World Series ratings have been down. It was Saturday night. That's not the night that's going to get the most ratings. But for any of you that watched it, look, I'm not. I don't. I don't watch baseball a ton. I watch the Mets. I watched the postseason a little bit. I watched the World Series and you know, flipping back and forth between that and the LSU game. And the LSU game got out of hand. The LSU was just kind of rolling in the second half. I was I was locked into that World Series game. That was high drama. That was great stuff. Last night, you know, it was it was okay. It wasn't bad. Kershaw got the win. The Dodgers looked good. They're up three games to two. There was a more entertaining football game on NBC. And we've said it I've said it many times. The Seahawks, they just they don't play. It just they don't they don't play in normal games. It's like nothing normal about it. They lose in overtime to Arizona. Kyler Murray from one play to another, one play he looks like the best player in the world, and then another time you're like, what are you doing throwing that? What was what was that? But when he's good, he's really good. And now with the Seahawks lost, there's one undefeated team left in the NFL, and that's the Steelers. Pittsburgh beats Tennessee in uh, another entertaining game. But uh, they got the W. They remain undefeated. And you've got one game left on the docket. That's tonight, Bears and Rams in L.A. The Saints will play Chicago next Sunday afternoon. We've laughed at the Falcons. We've hit on the Cajuns, Tigers, and Saints, and the World Series. If you want to hit on any of it, 269, 1077, the phone lines are open. How about DK Metcalf? Is he the fast is he the fastest man in the world? How does a guy that big run that fast? Buda Baker picks off Russell Wilson. And we're talking, it's almost going to be an end zone to end zone score, right? Seattle's in the red zone. Looks like they're going to get in there and score. He throws a pick. Buda Baker is cruising, and then D.K. Metcalf out of nowhere. What did he run, like 88 yards in like eight seconds to tackle him? That, that was something. That was something, man. But it goes to OT, and uh, what a weekend, man. What a weekend. Joe Burrow and the Bengals lose a a thrilling game to the Browns. Again, another game that ended on the final play of the game. You could say, well, they all in on the final play of the game. No, I mean with a score, with a touchdown. It was it was awesome. But Burrow, I mean, Burrow threw for four hundred and six yards and three touchdowns. And he rushed for a score. He's the first rookie quarterback in NFL history with at least four hundred passing yards, three passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown in a single game. But the Bengals do what the Bengals do, and they lost. They lost. Aaron Rodgers is expected, you know, torched Houston, threw for four touchdowns, no picks. Tom Brady passed for 369 yards and four touchdowns and has now once again passed Drew Brees for most touchdowns all time, I think at 599, most passing touchdowns all time. Brees might pass him next week. Maybe they'll be neck and neck when they play Sunday night in 13 days. Boy, don't you think the NFL and NBC would love that? Just throw that graphic up there. Now, Brady also now has 94 career games with at least 300 passing yards. He passed Peyton Manning for that. Peyton Manning's second on a list at 93. Now it's Brady second on a list at 94. Brees is first at 122. Quite a bit. Speaking of the Saints and things that not a lot of folks have done, Alvin Kamara, eight catches. 148 yards from scrimmage. The guy has 2,528 career receiving yards. Is the fourth running back in NFL history with at least 2,500 receiving yards in his first four seasons. Roger Craig, Christian McCaffrey, and Hall of Famer Lenny Moore are the other ones on that list. Kamara has at least five receptions in 32 games. That's tied with Roger Craig for the second most among running backs in their first four seasons in NFL history. Only Christian McCaffrey has more with 34 games. You don't think they missed McCaffrey yesterday, did Carolina? Sheesh. But the Saints are missing some players as well, including Michael Thomas, who has still not played since the opener, and Mike Florio of Pro Football Focus or Pro Football Talk Put a story out there over the weekend. Put a story out there over the weekend that really was kind of, how do I explain it? If you read the wording of it, it's he is admitting that the Saints have not said that they want to trade Michael Thomas. He's, it was some NFL insiders believe the Saints could be willing to discuss trade offers for Michael Thomas. So some people that follow the league thinks the Saints might be interested or could be willing to possibly discuss. Sean Payton actually responded on Twitter and said, "Insiders on the Outsiders, where they belong." So it was, and even in, even in the actual article about Michael Thomas and that some NFL insiders believe the Saints could be willing to discuss trade offers, could be willing. Um, He also acknowledged, hey, nothing like this has happened. This is just, you know, speculation. The Saints have not expressed it, yada, yada, yada. And he said all that. So it was more of, more than anything, it was just kind of clickbait, let's get people talking. But then... Last night, was it on NBC? He said something a little different. Let's see if I can get the audio for you here. He said something different last night that, at this point, okay, my ears percolated a little bit. Here's Mike Florio on top of it. The trade deadline is looming. And and I'm told that from Thomas's perspective, there's been an effort to try to get another team to make an offer that would result in Thomas being traded away from the Saints. But that's currently not expected to happen before next week's To that trade deadline, officially November 3rd, unofficially because of the COVID-19 protocols, the delay in getting into the building, people around the league thinks Wednesday or Thursday will be the days to watch for any trades that are going to happen to get done. All right, so that was on Football Night in America, and that's different. Now he's saying, okay, there's been efforts made, I'm hearing from people in Thomas's camp, to get a team to put forth some kind of an offer. So it's a little different. It's a little different. Um, here's the reality of it. He's not getting traded. Not right now, anyway. It's not going to happen. That was like, I mean, Saints aren't willing to go there evidently, but, you know, all the reports out there is that they have no interest in doing it. It's not going to happen. But you got to look in any situation like this at the potential, uh, not potential, or rather if it were to happen, what would it mean to the salary cap? Now, Saints fans, maybe they get sick of hearing about that, and they say, look, it doesn't matter. It's Mickey Loomis. Who cares? He just figures out a way no matter what. So there's precedent for it. If they really wanted to trade him or if they had to trade him, you know, it could happen. And it, it, it simply – you're looking at $20 million if he's not on the team next year for whatever reason, whether it be trade or some other reason – if he's not on the team next year, you're looking at $20 million of dead money on your cap. $20 million. $20 million. In addition, if Drew Brees is not playing next year, and many believe he isn't, that's $26 million. That's going to be on your books. $46 million for two guys that aren't on your team? And you've got other contracts you have coming up that you got to deal with? I mean, Mike Florio is good at stirring the pot, and he cites league circles. But the financial aspect of it, trading Thomas would make the 2021 salary cap situation nearly beyond resolve. If Breeze respires, retires as we expect it to, and Thomas isn't on the roster, 46 million to two players not on the team? And Mike Florio even pointed it out. Yeah, it'd be tough to do. You can't really do it that way. And maybe if things looked a little different in the offseason. Look, we've seen Jimmy Graham and Brandon Cooks and things like that. But no. No. Saints fans, if you're spending a lot of time thinking about it, just not possible. I don't see how they could pull it off. I don't think they want to pull it off unless Florio's second report last night is true that, but like it's not, it's not how it works. Thomas's camp is trying to get other teams to put forth a trade offer who is agent. If that's true though the bigger story is I guess the extent of Thomas's dismay right now within that locker room if he truly wants out? That's the bigger issue at hand and how it plays out the rest of the season. Or is it just, you know, Florio and much ado about nothing? Time will tell, but he missed yesterday's game dealing with a hamstring injury. Who knows if he'll be good to go this week. Emmanuel Sanders probably won't be able to go against Chicago based on the fact that he was actually showing symptoms of COVID-19. He was not asymptomatic, which means he has to have at least 10 days of quarantine, multiple negative tests, and then he can play, which would put the earliest possible return date for him exactly six days from today this Sunday when the Saints are in Chicago, which means if you brought him, he'd have to travel away from the team on his own and have him not practiced at all for over a week. Not impossible, but... And we don't know the extent of the Marquez Calloway injury. So the Saints, again, could be even more shorthanded at wide receiver come this Sunday in Chicago. Well, they got it done yesterday. didn't affect them. No, it affected them. Now they were good offensively, but don't, you shouldn't say it didn't affect them. They could have been better. They could have been better. That was, I think, from an offensive standpoint, to put up 415 yards to win the time of possession battle by nearly 10 minutes to get a third more first downs than your opponent. The biggest play of the game, was actually the turnover because that's why this game went down to the wire. Saints were entering the red zone. They hadn't been stopped all day. Thomas Morstead, all he did yesterday was hold kicks. He didn't punt one time. It was the biggest play of the game. Teron Armstead leaves in the first quarter with an arm injury. In comes James James Hurst. Saints fans are like, who's this guy playing left tackle? He gets burnt Sack, fumble, Carolina gets it back. That was the biggest play of the game because the Saints were minus one in the turnover battle. And Carolina scored on that drive. That was it. That was the play. That and then the sack by Marcus Davenport. How big was that, man? How big was that? He gets Teddy Bridgewater late. And Saints fans, you know, you think back to last year when the Saints beat the Dallas Cowboys on a Sunday night. And Teddy Bridgewater took that sack. They were in field goal range. They're only up to, what is it, 12 to 10? And he takes that sack on third down and knocks him out of field goal range. And Teddy played good yesterday, but he took that sack. And he said, look, we we felt like we had a play lined up, the perfect play call we would have scored if I had just had one more second. But he didn't. Davenport got him huge sack and yet Carolina still decided to attempt a field goal 65 yards and that thing if it had been 64 and a half might have been good. That was wild. Davenport, good to have him back in the lineup. He spoke to the media after the game.
0: To be able to sack your former
1: teammate
0: and you were able to. So, What's it feel like in hindsight now?
2: Um, you know, Getting sacked and especially your first of the season is always like you know, one of those things is you feel like you got to get out of the way, but, um, you know, this is really great to be able to help out the team, especially in
1: that time. We're listening to Marcus Davenport. We'll head to the phone lines here in one minute, one more minute. Here's Marcus Davenport post game sound.
3: Next question is from Luke Johnson.
1: Yeah, Marcus, just knowing that, like, uh, that 65 yard field goal attempt that followed, it only missed like a yard or two. Um, how important was that sack uh, pushing him that far back?
2: Um. You know, uh, You know, it's just one of those things. It's kind of just how it played out. And uh, like you said, it was a good point in the game. And shoot, we won. So, real important.
3: Next question for Amy Just. What did you see there that
1: allowed you to kind of break through? Uh, that was the first sack and the only sack of the game.
0: Oh, um, game closer. That's what he does.
2: Oh, coming off that edge. Ah, it was just uh, one of them things, you know, we uh, drew it up. and we, you know, we had to execute, and that was just mainly uh, it. you know. From there,
1: you just got to execute. You heard Cam Jordan jump in there with the game closer, uh, making that postgame, very short postgame Zoom press conference of Marcus Davenport, a little more entertaining. Davenport not giving you much in terms of sound bites, but when he's on the field, he can give you something. And he gave him a sack in one of the biggest moments of the game yesterday. 269-1077, 269-1077. Let's head to the phone lines. What's up? Welcome into the great Scott Show. Good morning.
0: What's going on, Scott? Hey, what's happening? Well, I'm calling, uh, you know, you referenced the the missed field goal there at the end, the 65-yarder, but doesn't it feel good that finally – the first time in a long time, and I know that would have only tied the game, but that he actually missed it because, as Saints fans, it feels like for the longest time we've been snake bit in you know those uh, last yeah, last second opportunities. I, I guess so, team.
1: Jeff. You're you're not wrong, but lately, I mean, go back to the previous win. <laughs> they would have lost if the dude in L.A. had made it, but uh, you know the Chargers. He he doinks it, and uh, again, if it's one of those things where it's like if it's one yard closer that goes in and the Saints lose. And yesterday if it's one yard closer, who knows what happens next, but that's the thing. They could have lost and we know that he missed it and they won. So as of late I'll I'll take this I'll take all of this positive mojo I can get with the Saints, man, because lord knows they're no they're very no close to being 2 and 4 rather than 4 and 2. Right. Hey, uh
0: real quick and I'll let you go. Uh, I know everybody's been concerned about Cam uh, not getting, you know, the kind of pressure and the sacks that he's been known to to bring to the team. I, I watched uh, a lot yesterday uh, watching him, and man, it doesn't it lines up. It's almost like the whole offensive line has a spy to double team him in every every case you to know what the stat was as far as his hurries to the quarterback, and I'll let you go.
1: Appreciate it. Let me try to find a box score that includes quarterback pressures. Um, let's see here. Defensively, so I don't uh, – Cam Jordan. Um, right now I've got zero quarterback hits. Don't have the stat on quarterback hurries. Um, but But here's the thing. Here's the thing, Jeff. He has gotten doubled and shipped for years. It's not like this is different. Uh, having Davenport in there and Nick Underhill, who's tremendous, you know, did a, a film study on this and an in-depth piece recently about Davenport being back. The other teams actually do send help when they're blocking Davenport. They hadn't been sending help to block Trey Hendrickson until uh, the game against the Chargers. It was the first time he had seen that on film. But in regards to, you know, having Davenport back certainly helps Cam a little bit. But, uh, but you know, th- this isn't anything new for him. I think by his own standards, it's not that he's playing bad, but he's not playing at the all-pro level that you've seen in years past. He's not. It's pretty dang impressive, though, that he played, what, his 150th straight game yesterday? 150. Guy's never missed a game. Durability is big, but... In terms of level of play, he needs to pick it up. The pass rush yesterday was not good. We're talking about Davenport and the and the big, you know, the big sack. But I mean, Teddy Bridgewater got knocked down one other time. Sheldon Rankins had a quarterback hit. That's it. He got knocked down. I mean, knocked down. He got tackled when he ran a few times. But like, they, they it was not there. It was not there. Now, Bridgewater's got a quick release, and he said that was the thing he probably improved most during his time in New Orleans. He said there's a lot of areas in my game that improve, but in terms of just the quick release, time in the pocket, get ready right to the ball, that's that's night and day compared to where it used to be. And he did a good job of that the other day, but there were times where he got you know, deep throws into the third line, you know, of defense, you know, 10, 15 yards down the field or further where he needed time and he got it. The pass rush has got to pick up. And when they tried to blitz him yesterday, it did not usually go well for the Saints. For that matter, the blitzing hadn't gone all that well this year very much. Didn't go well against Justin Herbert. It went well one play. They got a sack from DeMario Davis. The rest of the time, he was was cooking. And now you got Nick Foles who's just going to two-step drop you next week. Better get ready. Twenty seven after the hour, ESPN fourteen twenty and dot Appreciate the call, Jeff. I was talking about some records earlier. Jay pointed out um, Drew Brees, who already had the record for most completions in NFL history, but hit a milestone in the game yesterday with uh, with seven thousand. It was big, man. It was big. I think I let's let's talk about Brees for a moment. Because when the season started, after the first few weeks, I said, look, my concern is not Drew Brees' arm strength. That's old news. That's five years old news. That's 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 done. Even though all the national talking heads are saying, oh, you can't throw it deep down the field. What's the problem? They're never going to be able to do this. And he's done. Said, that's, that's, that's that's no, it's the accuracy. It was off the first few weeks. It was. That was my concern. And if it didn't improve, well, now the fact that you can't throw it deep down the field gets... Magnified because when you're not hitting anybody short or or leading them, basically hitting them on the run and all the things we've, we've been spoiled and seen Drew Brees do for years, that's concerning. But I said I think he'll I think he'll come out of it, and he has. And all this talk of oh he's finished and Sean Payton's too predictable and da 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 da. Camara said, "What what did he say a couple of weeks ago?" Everybody needs to relax, calm down, or what? Do, maybe the exact word was "shut up." Shut up. I think that was it. <laughs> I mean, Drew Brees and the Saints, without Michael Thomas, without Emmanuel Sanders, with a UDFA, a rookie leading him with eight catches. It wasn't the offense that was the problem yesterday, man. Nope. Breeze was twenty nine to thirty-six for two hundred and eighty-seven yards, couple of scores, two passing, one rushing, no picks. One turnover, but wasn't his fault. That was it, man. That was big. And that was a reminder that you know what? He still got it. He's still the best option. A lot of people were rushing for the replacement of one Drew Brees. Eh. I don't know, man. It's hard to replace somebody. New England's struggling right now. If you got one that's still got it, that's your best option. You ride that bike till the wheels fall off, man. Do it. Do it. Uh, you can email me as well, Scott at ESPN1420.com. Want to remind everybody that here's another email. This one comes to us from Carl. He says. Scott Cesaroese. It was good seeing him on the field with Nick Easton Hurt. You got to see him play the whole game. From my vantage point, he was pretty strong. What did you think? Look, like, I wasn't I wasn't watching the O line the entire time, but yeah, he looked good, man. I mean, he had some big blocks in the running game. Um, he looked good. I don't think he looked great against the Chargers. He looked really good against the Lions, but he looked good yesterday. And Andrews Pete, much as everybody hates on him, he was a monster yesterday, man. He was tremendous. Got to give it to the Saints' O-line. James Hurst, though, oof. once Teron Armstead got hurt, that was rough. That was rough. Had a false start on third down. Gave up a strip sack. Latavius Murray, big game as well. So shout out to him. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. I'm Scott Prather. Going to be with you in the 9 o'clock hour as well today. Looks like we'll be joined by uh, Saints beat writer from the Times-Picayune, Luke Johnson at 9. We look forward to that. We'll get into some more that happened in a wild weekend in sports. It was crazy, man. It was, like, like, when I think about this weekend in sports just felt nonstop in a lot of ways. But, man, it was entertaining. It really was. I mean, when the Browns and Bengals are giving you one of the more enjoyable games of the season in the NFL and it comes down to the finish. When you ride out the gate, the Big Ten starts, and there's a monster upset that ends on a two-point conversion. When you have two undefeated teams going at it between Pittsburgh and Tennessee, and it is a heavyweight battle and lives up to it, When you have a quadruple doink in a college football game, yeah, we'll tell you about that in a minute. When you have the Falcons just making us laugh because, you know, they do Falcon things. In the World Series and the Cajuns and the Tigers and the Saints all winning, man, it was an overload, but it was awesome. It was awesome. The quadruple doink in college football. Sheesh. Yep, it happened. And the final play of the game. We'll talk about it next. We'll go to uh, some more phone calls. Lines are lighting up. We'll get to your calls in the next segment as well. Don't go anywhere. It's The Great Scott Show. We're back at 2 on ESPN 1420.
2: Afternoon thunderstorms are a common occurrence here in South Louisiana. While it's nice for our thirsty yards and gardens, a lightning strike could mean thousands of dollars in damage for your high-dollar, high-tech devices. That's why you need a whole home surge protector installed on your outdoor panel. These devices neutralize the effects of lightning on your electrical system. A small investment today could end up saving you lots of money in the long run. Call your local expert, Mr. Electric, about surge protection today. When looking for an electrician, Mr. Electric is a name you can trust. They have a code of values that ensure their technicians understand that respect, integrity, and customer focus are the foundations of who they are. They believe that safety is one of the pillars that keep you. So they offer each of their customers a complimentary home safety check. And they understand that you want to feel safe in your home. So they background check and drug screen each of their employees before hiring Call Mr. Electric. They'll help you take care of your local needs. 451-2228. Is your business ready to meet the new COVID-19 Safe Work Environment Standards? Let Lofton Safety Services prepare a full response package, including COVID-19-approved cleaning plans, redefined safety policies, and training for your staff. Contact Lofton to discuss a response plan specifically tailored to protect your business, employees, and customers. Call 269-0500. Lofton Safety Services, an essential service for essential services. Delta World Tire is 100%
0: committed to making every part of your experience with them hassle-free and pleasant. Whether it's tires, brakes, oil change, or scheduled maintenance, Delta World Tire's highest priority is serving you. If you're planning to travel this season, Delta World Tire is here to make sure your vehicle is road-ready. If the tire needs replacing, the oil needs changing, or any other scheduled maintenance, Delta World Tire will be with you every mile of the
3: way. business owners. Did you know 81% of consumers search for a business's website online prior to making a purchase? No website, no problem. My name is Lori Foreman and I work for this amazing radio station and can help your business get a professional, affordable website with no contract. Give me a call at 257-1987 and let me help your business stand above your competition with a new professional website that's mobile friendly and secure. I can also help you promote your business on streaming TVs, YouTube Ads and direct digital marketing. I can deliver your digital ad directly to your perfect customer. And don't forget the power of radio. Radio reaches 93% of the population, and this station can help you get right in front of your customers. Call me, Lori Foreman, 257-1987 now, and let me help your business stomp out the competition. That's Lori Foreman, 257-1987, and let me work for your business.
0: At Shell, we know from the time you get up to the time you wrap up, Goodnight. there's a lot of meetups, eat-ups, and hurry-ups. So come to Shell and get three things done at once. Fill up with Shell V Power Nitro Plus to help keep your engine running like new. Save up with the Fuel Rewards program and never pay full price for gas again. And snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. And engines that continuously use Shell V Power Nitro Plus premium gas you can see full
3: terms and conditions at fuelrewards.com. If you own a small business, you know how hard it can be to find new customers. But maybe you're unaware of new tools that can help your business stand out. Go to townsquarelafayette.com right now for a free market competitive analysis that will show you what other businesses are doing to find new customers and how you can do it too. There's no cost and no obligation. Be one of the first business owners to sign up and receive $500 in free advertising here on this Townsquare Media station. Call and get started today. Call 233-6000 or visit Townsquare Media Lafayette.
0: Presented by Rocket Mortgage. When you need an expert to help navigate the home loan process, Rocket Can. This is Louisiana Raging Cajun head baseball coach Matt Deggs, and you're listening to Acadiana's best sports leader, ESPN 1420. ESPN1420.com. And tap that app at ESPN 1420. Yeah, the Scott Prather guy's kind of weird, eh? Give me back my son! The Great Scott Show on Sports Radio ESPN fourteen twenty.
1: Welcome back into the great Scott show. Good morning, everybody. It's a glorious Monday, isn't it? 269-1077. Phone lines are open. 269 107 I saw a first this weekend in sports. and And there was a lot of crazy stuff happening in sports. I mean, whenever it's a tie game in the World Series, and there's two outs, and you got runners on, and you try to steal home. That in and of itself is crazy. I want that kind of energy in my life. But for the first time, I saw a quadruple doink. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't ring off the tongue as well as double doink or even triple doink, but quadruple doink it actually kind of does the more I say it. Man, it can be tough to be a kicker. It can be rewarding to be a kicker. There's ups. There's downs. Heck, ask Nate Snyder. Kicker of the Cajuns. The game winner against Georgia Southern and everything that led up to that moment. But Middle Tennessee lost to Rice in double overtime. They lost to Rice in double overtime, uh, 40-34. And you know, all they needed to win their overtime game was one score, I guess, in the first overtime. And they ended up getting conservative, and they set up this tough field goal. Because they were playing not to lose, and of course, what happened? They lost. But in the first overtime, all they needed was a field goal to win. That's it. So Colin Ricitelli lines up to kick a 45-yarder. And the ball bounced off all three bars of the cross post. I kid you not. It bounced off of the crossbar twice. With all that bouncing, which way did it fall after? It fell backwards, not forwards. And the quadruple doink was no good. And then as the overtime periods continued. Middle Tennessee ends up blocking a field goal in the next overtime. And then Middle, instead of playing conservatively and not to lose, they just went ahead, marched forward, and scored a game-winning touchdown and walked off for the win at Rice. But sheesh, man. Sheesh. It was that kind of weekend. It was that kind of weekend in sports. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420. app. I'm Scott Prather. Jacques emails. Scott, don't know if you caught the LSU game. Do you think there's a controversy now in Baton Rouge at the QB position? Uh, Jacques, I did, and I wrote about it, and no, I do not. I think that is complete and utter nonsense. Look, shout out to TJ Finley. He played well. He looked good. And that's good news for LSU. It's also one game against a team that's not good, that didn't have any film on them yet. But more than anything, that's not the point. The reason LSU won isn't because they scored 52, it's because they only allowed 24. Remember LSU gave up 44 to a Mississippi State team that's not good? Remember that? A Mississippi State team that has scored no more than 14 points in a game this season. Since then, it has lost all three games and is about to get slaughtered on Halloween against Alabama. LSU gave up 45 to a Missouri team. So it, it, it's, it's not the offense. That's the issue, guys. Okay? A Missouri team that, you know, has scored... No more. I mean, I think the closest they've been is they scored 20 points against Kentucky. In their other games this year, they scored like 12 and 19. I mean, that's the point. So, yeah, TJ Finley played great. Miles Brennan was playing terrific. He was playing well, throwing tons of yards, scoring lots of points. Been in the system for a while. Teams do have film on them. If he starts struggling for a while, now you've seen a quarterback succeed, so it's in the back of your mind. But he hasn't struggled. That's not the problem. LSU won because the defense wasn't complete and utter trash. On The the, the LSU defense, look, they still had some issues, but they didn't play like the Dallas Cowboys defense on Saturday night. And, yeah, when you get a pick six and you get a kickoff return for a touchdown, it helps a lot. And shout-out to Eli Ricks for that, and shout-out to Trey Palmer for that. LSU played really good against a team that's not all that good. Yeah, they got a win against Auburn. South Carolina did. And they might be better than Mississippi State and Missouri, and that's the point. They're not good, but they're better than those teams, two teams that beat LSU. So the defense showed improvement. They got that extra bye week, if you will with the Florida game being postponed. They needed some work to do, and they did some work, and they still have some more work to do. But Finley looked good. Let's see how he looks against Auburn on the road Saturday, unless Miles Brennan can come back. But they're, they're, Coach O made it very clear. Got total confidence in D.J. Finley, but there is no quarterback controversy. And that, that only stems from the world of talking head hot take debate show let's 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 just you take a side I'll take a side let's roll with it and let's just do it even though we don't really have much to go on let's just make chicken salad out of chicken poop here and just you know call it delicious even though it's not yet enough people eat it so they keep doing it those shows are successful for a reason I guess I'm not a fan of them but hey whatever and you start seeing it in the broadcast booth Saturday night, where they're spending what forty five minutes. I mean, now you got a decision. I think there's a quarterback. I think you got to play this kid the rest of the way. I mean, sorry, Miles Brennan, and maybe maybe he'll transfer now. What about the transfer portal? It's like what? Call the game. Enough of this nonsense. Anyway, Jacques, sorry. You asked my opinion. That's what it is. Appreciate the email. You guys can keep them coming in. Scott at ESPN1420.com. You can tweet the show at ESPN1420. And uh, you can hit me up on the phone line. 269-1077. 269-1077. New guys stepping up for the Saints yesterday. Drew Brees talked all about it following the Saints win yesterday. Some of the new faces, some of the guys he's getting in a sync with, what they needed to do right. What else did he say? You'll hear from Drew next right here, CSPN1420.com. It's, it's the Great Scott Show. Don't go anywhere.
2: It's the AV man here. Are you feeling the heat? This summer is sizzling, and so are our prices at Audio Video Innovators. Enjoy your summer indoors and outdoors by streaming your favorite music from Pandora or Spotify, all from the touch of your smartphone. We have a great selection of Bluetooth electronics in all of our departments. Let us show you how easy it can be done. While you're here, you have to see our great selection of Samsung QLED TVs and the iPop and LG OLED 8K high resolution TV that are only an eighth of an inch thick and come in sizes from 55 to 75 inch. We also carry a great selection of Blu-ray quality with surveillance systems for your home and business. And don't forget about your motorcycle, boat, golf cart, side by side, or RV. Let our professional installation departments install the latest electronics in all your toys. My name is Daryl Robinson, and I'm the AV man, and I guarantee that you'll get the best prices and service in all of Acadiana off Ambassador, Tween, Sims, and
4: Walmart. Cleanings, checkups, and cavities? Have Dr. Chang's dental practice at capacity.
3: Patient in room one is getting a root canal. The x-rays in room two are going to have to wait. We're down to one hygienist.
1: It's time to hire.
3: I need Indeed.
1: Indeed you do. The moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database. Indeed delivers two
3: and a half times more hires than the other branded job sites combined, according to Breezy HR 2019. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get a $75 credit for your first job post. Terms and conditions apply.
4: Customers, students, and staff expect a new level of clean. Cintas has the essential products and services to help you carry out cleaning protocols. Of- Cintas performs surface sanitizer and disinfectant spray services to common touch points installs and refills touchless hand sanitizer dispensers, and provides commercial laundry services to help minimize employee exposure. Give everyone the confidence they need to keep coming back. Visit Centos.com and get ready for the workday. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy. Your football buddy. Or you, your best man. Your worst man.
2: Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner, Carol, or my karaoke enemy, Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org.
4: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners.
3: New message. Department of the Social Security Administration. The reason for this call is to inform you that your social security number has been
2: suspended for suspicion of illegal activity. If you do not contact us immediately, your account will be deactivated. For more information about this case file, press upon or our
0: department number. Three, two, this is a scam. Thieves are misusing the Social Security Administration's authority and phone schemes to trick you into giving them money or personal information. They're with your social security number or account. They claim there's been suspicious or fraudulent activity and you could be arrested or face other legal action. They even spoof SSA's main customer service telephone number on caller ID. Don't believe them. Don't provide any information. SSA employees will never threaten you for information or promise benefits in exchange for information. In those cases, the call is fraudulent. Just hang up. If you suspect you've been contacted by an SSA scammer, call the Social Security Fraud Hotline at 1-800-269-0271.
2: I'm Sean Castle, served in the United States Army. I am unstoppable because Paralyzed Veterans of America is by my side. And for the rest of my life, I will be unstoppable because they are there with me. Learn more at pva.org.
0: Have you downloaded the ESPN 1420 app yet? No. (laughs) Why not? Just tap that app and hear ESPN 1420 programming worldwide. Download the ESPN 1420 app in the iTunes App Store or Google Play. Now, more of The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on Sports Radio ESPN 1420.
1: Welcome back into the great Scott show your weather forecast today from the storm team three weather lab and Dave Baker, a mix of clouds and sun, a high of 81 tonight, partly cloudy, a low of 64. I'll be hanging out with you uh, next hour as well as uh, Steve Pelican will be in this afternoon. Luke Johnson is going to join me at nine. Saints beat writer for the Times-Picayune. We'll talk about uh, yesterday's matchup. He's written a couple of really good stories on the Saints game from yesterday. And then uh, at 10 a.m., we will replay the o'clock—excuse uh, me, the 7 a.m. hour from this morning. And uh, if you missed my 101 with Raging Cajun head coach, Billy Napier, really good stuff there. You don't want to miss it. That's all coming your way this morning. Phone lines are open at 269-1070. Got some sound from Drew Brees. We'll play in a moment. Uh, but uh, for now... Let's head to the phone lines. Welcome into the show. Hello.
4: Hi. um, And this morning, man, I heard, uh, you know, the whole Michael Thomas rumors, but what are you hearing about Malcolm Jenkins?
1: Nothing. What do you
4: mean? (laughs) Man, like I said, this morning I heard that there's rumors (laughs) uh, that um, Malcolm Jenkins is basically a malcontent in the locker room. And. Some players are still upset with the situation that took place before the season. Where did you hear that? I, I, I can't. Want, I can't get into. Well, I heard it on the uh, FM station. Yeah. The local FM station. Like I said, man, I, I don't know. Uh, I just wanted to hear your take on that, or did you hear anything?
1: I have not heard it from a single person. Um, have not heard it from anyone that covers this team. <laughs> not not a. Uh, everything I've heard about Malcolm is actually on the other end. Um, so no, and
4: hey, this is this is what I think. I think a lot of people, you know, I think they are kind of upset with his play this year, and they're trying to find something, I guess, to say, well, maybe it's the situation he had with Breeze. I, I just think that he's a veteran, Breeze a veteran, and they let that go, man. I don't think I don't think this, this <sighs> team is too there's too many veterans on this team to worry about something like that.
1: Yeah, like the the, the, the Tom the Thomas thing, I think is you know worth. Oh, that's real. Yes, that's real. Right. Uh, the Jenkins thing is, is malarkey. I guess <laughs> I, I'm old using that phrase, but, you know.
4: Yeah, I know there's a particular person that always <laughs> used that word. But,
1: but, <laughs> Must have been why was on my mind. I don't know. It just came out. <laughs> but but uh,
4: the thing about the, 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 the situation with Tom is that I think is real. Cause look at the history, man, with, with, with mild content type players. Uh, Junior Gillette, right? Uh, I think once he got his money, he started mouthing up. Jimmy Graham. You know, so I, th- I think that's, Brandon, that's a Brandon
1: Cooks, but that was before he got paid. I mean, there it's there is precedent. The there is some differences as well. Um, if you were to trade him, you would have twenty mil of dead money on the cap next season. If you also factor in that Drew Brees is probably not playing next year, I mean, I think he's going to retire. I mean, he's already got this thing worked out with NBC. You're looking at twenty six mil of dead money on the caps. So you can have 46 mil against the cap of guys that aren't playing. I mean, I get that Mickey likes to do a bunch of stuff, but also factor in that if they can't have a new TV extension with the networks, well, now your, your your caps going down because of COVID and loss of ticket sales at the gate and things like that. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, even though Galette was good, um, he was not all pro, you know, best in the league at his position. Good. Now Graham was, but he wasn't once he began to have some issues within the locker room. So there's there's some similarities there. There's also some differences. Um I think the initial report from Florio that, you know, it wasn't much of a report. I think the one last night is the one that caught my ear a little bit more because it, you know, it said that that Thomas's camp is looking into it. So that if that one is accurate, that's that's a little bit that's a story to follow. The first thing he said was just hey, you know, there are insiders around the league that think the Saints could be willing to possibly listen to offers if they're made. Well, that's not a story. That's just you, you know, using a bunch of what-if words. But the second one, that's worth following. That's worth keeping an eye on.
4: Do you think there's language in his contract that's similar to the Earl Thomas situation?
1: There is. There is. But but here's the thing. Like, they, they – I feel – I feel like they could have made a move or a bigger statement when they um, punished him, if you will, because according to pro football talk, they didn't technically suspend him for the game, like in terms of like with the paperwork and things like that. Um, And had they, that could have potentially opened up a clause in the contract that could open the door to if you want to try to get out of it, you can. But they didn't. And I don't know if that was in good faith or just saying, hey, look, this is punishment, you know, but we're we're not going to take it this far. But I feel like if 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 they really wanted to move in that direction, they would have begun to by, you know, having that opening that door, if you will. And um, maybe yeah. they can go back to it if they really want to, you know, but I, I think they really want to make it work. And the fact that They technically, I know it's just a technicality, but I think it says a lot about where the team is in terms of how they view him and part of their future.
0: Yeah, uh,
4: I know you brought it up. I know you mentioned it, but, man, I'm always uh, mentioning, man, whenever this young man does something. And uh, it was nice, uh, especially at a critical, pivotal moment of the game for Davenport to get that sack. And uh, that's all I have to add, and uh, thank you.
1: Appreciate it. He's really good, man. He's really good. It's just a matter of being on the field. And some say, well, that's like that with Armstead. Armstead is not Armstead is. I mean, he's he's deep into this. This is year eight for him. Yeah, he's missed some time, but he's played a lot. And he was a third round pick, not two ones. So I, I don't I don't like how that gets brought up a lot. For Davenport, it's it's just about getting on the field, and when he's on there. The impact is undeniable, and in a day where the pass rush was really struggling and having its issues, I mean they flushed Bridgewater out of the pocket a few times. And Teddy, to his credit, did a really good job. But that was the three biggest plays of the game. Were I think the turnover because that as much as this like the Saints' offense was was dominant. I mean they're moving up and down the field all day, own time of possession, never punted the ball. The turnovers would turned it into that. One score down to the wire game. It was a difference maker, and it happened in the Saints red zone. The other two biggest plays were Davenport's sack and Deontay Harris's touchdown. But you score with five seconds left before the half where if 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 you don't get that after you blew a timeout coming out of the what? You blew a timeout coming out of a quarter? To avoid a delay a game? And then suddenly you're having to milk the clock and spike it. And now you're down to five seconds. I mean, ooh, that was close, but they got away with it. They got the touchdown. And um, you know, Carolina got the ball to start the second half. So that was those are the biggest plays of the game. And Davenport's obviously was so critical when you factor in that they actually attempted a sixty five yard field goal and he missed it by a half a yard. It was a crazy weekend, man. I got another hour with you live beyond the game. Up next, filling in for Steve Peliquin, Luke Johnson will join me at 9. My interview with Billy Napier this morning. will replay at 10.15. You don't want to miss that. A lot of good content there. Cajuns with a great win on Friday night. Very emotional win. Open phone lines next hour as well. Don't go anywhere. CSPN ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app on a glorious Monday. That's it for The Great Scott Show. I'll talk to you
2: next on Beyond the Game. Glorious! Local businesses drive our local economy and keep Acadiana strong for the long term. This-